Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 217. Everyone wants what's best for their children, and for the vast majority of children, that's not school. But most parents just don't understand how amazing life can be outside of that mainstream system. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Rachel Rainbolt. Rachel is the Sage Parenting Coach. She brings a unique alchemy of insight with a master's degree in family therapy experience in two decades helping thousands of children and gentle parents, passion as a media advocate for natural sleep, breastfeeding, parenting, and homeschooling, and attached parenting mother of three to the Sage Parenting book series, e-classes, e-coaching, and now podcast. She coaches families all over the world, primarily from the Pacific Northwest, where she lives wild and free in connection with her wildings in her mid-mod fixer-upper on the water. (laughs) That sounds awesome. (laughs) Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to hear about your books and your classes and your mentoring and especially your podcast. I'm I'm always excited to hear more about how people are getting that going. (laughs) But before we get into any of that, just tell your audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So we are a family of five. I have three kids. Sky is 12, Bay is nine, West is six, and then my husband, Joshua, and myself. And we really just love adventuring together. That's really our family intention for this season of life. So nature exploring, new experiences, travel, that kind of stuff. And then we've also been renovating that fixer-upper on the beach. So that's been a fun passion project for all of us. A big endeavor of self-directed learning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and staying focused and not getting frustrated. (laughs) At least that's what I've done in the fixer-upper thing. In fact, I am in one. So (laughs) I get that. It's been such an amazing experience as a homeschooling mother, too, because we moved into this house knowing nothing about fixing up a house. And when we had a need to learn it, we went out and got all the information we needed and learned the skills that we needed and connected with mentors who could guide us. And it was just such a great parallel as we were doing that self-directed learning with our children to really be walking that path with ourselves as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, now I kind of want to hear more about your background. You know, we mentioned in your bio that you have a master's degree in family therapy, and I kind of want to know how that kind of has dwarfed into your message and maybe where the title of sage parenting really comes from. I mean, sage of I don't see it in your name or anything. So I'm like, <laughs> well, Sage is actually my second son's middle name, but it really calls for me. It felt like a really good fit for my business because it has this like natural component, like it's like this powerful nature um, and then also wisdom. So like this combining of the two that felt really authentic for my work. And I started my journey, I think like most people, where I was raised on the mainstream path and assumed I would work a nine to five job in an office and have kids in school and my babies would sleep all night in a nursery. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then 
in grad school for family therapy, I gave birth to my first child and I was really awakened in a way that shifted and deepened both my inner and outer world. I began to honor my intuition and nursed my babies and we co-slept and I just learned voraciously. And then after having a second child and graduating, I forged a new path and created a life that was in harmony with our needs and values in which I could help other families in a deeper and more meaningful way than I ever could have done before. Uh, And then I went through like a similar reckoning when my firstborn was supposed to start school. So we tried it because that's what we thought you were, quote unquote, supposed to do. (laughs) Um, And with lots of honoring of needs and values and intuition, along with a tidal wave of learning on my part, we made our way over to natural learning. And that's really where we are now. That's awesome. And you hear so much now about like natural learning and gentle parenting and all of that stuff. And, and even, I mean, before we started the podcast, we discussed how, you know, a lot of those things that are in your book that we're going to discuss all kind of flow together in a way, you know, it's, yeah. they, they really do. Um, so let's kind of talk about that. I'd love to hear more about kind of the inspiration behind your learning and, and maybe how you got to writing a book, you know, why you decide to write it, those kind of things, maybe where it started too, like which chapter started first or which section? Well, you know, for this book, I, I think that most people just don't know that there's another way. And I seek to live in a way that shines a light on this other path. And the work I do provides the guidance to help people get there and to help them through the challenges along the path. Everyone wants what's best for their children. And for the vast majority of children, that's not school. But most parents just don't understand how amazing life can be outside of that mainstream system. So my hope was really that my book could give families that, like an informative and inspiring picture of what unschooling can look like. So I just sat down and I started off with what are the secrets to the natural learning lifestyle. Like what, what if I could just give this like simple, like maybe top 10 secrets for, for getting into this lifestyle and living this lifestyle successfully. And then I just couldn't stop writing. (laughs) (laughs) And I just couldn't, I just, it was, I just, it just came pouring out. Um, And then that eventually with a lot of extra research and whatnot became the book. That's awesome. Well, and she does have four books, and I should have given the titles of those first, but um, it's Sage Sage Parenting Book, Sage Sleep Book, and Sage Breastfeeding Book, and then Sage Homeschooling Book. So there's like, it's a four part series, but do you kind of want to kind of go in? I mean, did you write the parenting book first, or did you do the sleep book or... Yeah, it started with the Sage Parenting book. And then I added, um, because I think the bulk of my work is the email coaching. And so I support families all over the world with email coaching. And whenever I would find there was a certain topic that I was talking a lot about and sharing a lot with families through my coaching, I would kind of turn it into a book so that more people could be reached by it, not just the people that were doing the coaching with me. And also my work has really grown with my children and with my family. So initially when I had little babies with me, I was teaching baby massage and talking in media and whatnot a lot about um, co-sleeping and breastfeeding and things like that. And then now as my children have grown, so have my interests and passions and my focus and what I'm spending my time doing. And so it's really evolved to focus a lot on the homeschooling piece. That's awesome. That's kind of how our life works. I mean, we talked about kind of in the beginning, you know, your, you know, we all feel like we're going to kind of repeat how we were raised. And then as, as we 
dive into stuff, we realize, okay, maybe this isn't working or this might work better or some of those types of Mm -hmm. things. But where do you feel like the challenges really came up as you're, you know, as you started parenting and then going along with your book writing? And then what did you learn from those challenges as, as you work through them? Well, I mean, it's a good question because I, I tend to get a lot of parents who are on board philosophically, as in like they know where they want to go. They're just not sure how to get there. And we can all get tripped up on the daily interactions and struggles that those <laughs> daily interactions and choices, they are what make your relationship and your lifestyle. So we have the relationship that we have for the long haul and we become the parent who we are and we create the life that we're going to live just one interaction at a time. And so a lot of parents can get overwhelmed when they look at the whole picture and what kind of a parent they want to be. But really, if you just take it one interaction at a time, let's start with one thing and you can build out from there, it gets easier and easier. And then before you know it, you really are the parent that you want to be. And I think a good place to start is with respect. I think that childism is pervasive and that's just that default position of children being property with needs and desires that are invalid. But when we respect children as whole human beings with valid feelings and thoughts, then it really changes everything. We go from that command obey structure to being in collaborative connection, which makes days so much easier and so much more enjoyable and sets our children up for success in the long run. Yeah. Well, and I, I have seen a lot like uh, it ends up creating a power struggle when we mm-hmm. have that mentality of kind of us versus them. It, yes. and, and but when we change it and we're working with them, like the collaboration, we take away that need of resistance from our kids because they they feel like they're in control of their lives, correct? Is that? Yeah. Well, and you can fall into that role of enforcer. Like, I don't even like the word teacher when we're talking about homeschooling. I sometimes refer to myself as a guide, but I don't, it's not fun to spend all of your days and all of your time and all of your energy being an enforcer of things. And it's not what's best for your kids because then they don't learn how to think for themselves and how to direct their own learning and how to you know, sort of be the best person they can be because they want to be like they lose that intrinsic motivation piece. So I think like it's easier, it's more enjoyable and it sets your kids up for success. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, I want to hear, I mean, you, you talked about as you're doing some email coaching that sometimes you see kind of some common struggles. Do you want to tell us maybe what some of those are that you've seen and, you know, how are people dealing with those common struggles with that day to day interaction with their kids? I think that the power piece is something that, you know, we all come to the table with parenting baggage. And when we're talking about homeschooling, we all come to the table with educational baggage. (laughs) And that's really just like those beliefs and assumptions and expectations that weigh us down and undermine our success in being the parents that we want to be and raising our kids the way we want to raise them. And so the first step, I would say, and the biggest challenge for so many people is shaking all that off and just getting out from under the weight of all of that. I think that people don't realize how much that can poison the life that they're trying to create now, just based on the way you were raised and the messages you're receiving from extended family and the messages you pick up from society and people around you and that older lady in the grocery store who made that comment. (laughs) I mean, all of these things, if you're not really aware of the work that they're doing behind the scenes can really be damaging and 
undermine the person that you have the potential to be and that your kids have the potential to be. So just kind of shining a light on all of that and unpacking all of that baggage and then intentionally writing your story instead of just inheriting the script and going off of what you've received passively. Yeah. Well, and that does sound like de-schooling to me. Um, that's, yeah. another, that's a term that we hear. I mean, we have to de-school ourselves. And I really think that's, that's where the struggle comes from is our kids come kind of with a blank slate and they pick up stuff from us. So they're ready, ready and willing to go in any direction we take them. You know what I mean? But we, as a parent, we have to deal with the, the extra baggage that we have from, like you said, that our own life before and what those expectations were. How do you feel like parents can de-school themselves with their current parenting practices and move more towards this gentle parenting? Because I just feel like that's the big pressure. Like we feel like so, I almost feel, feel it's a more push from society or the, the groups that you hang around with. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we feel like we have to be the enforcer to be a good parent. You know, I'm putting that in quotation mm-hmm. marks, what mm-hmm. makes a good parent, you know? Yeah. I think first question everything. Second, be brave. And third, trust. I think if you have those three things, those are, like the the formula for successful de-schooling or unpacking your parenting baggage or you know whatever language resonates with you like you, there's nothing that's beyond question so anytime you have the urge to say something or do something and you're feeling even the slightest twinge of discomfort with it or your child is feeling even the slightest twinge of discomfort with it pause and question it, like dig deeper in it. Why am I saying this? Do we really have to say that? Do we have to do this? Who says we have to do this? Is this really what's best for my child? Who says that's what's best? Where did I get that idea from? What does the research say about it? I mean, like just tumble down that rabbit hole and like be brave and bold in it, be fearless because we can get so invested and married to our beliefs, but there are no beliefs that are beyond question. If you can't question them, like then they're not worth having. I mean, that's the case for all beliefs. And so be bold and be brave and be questioning. And some of the beliefs you're going to come back and you're going to feel like, yes, that does feel like a good fit. And now I understand why better, you know, why that's right for our family and and why we have that belief. And a lot of the time you're going to realize that that belief is not right for that particular child or for your family or or what it was stand the foundation it was standing on was really weak and doesn't make sense for you to maintain. So just be bold and be brave in questioning everything and then trust your children and trust yourself. Like if I could give a gift to every family that <laughs> it would be that trust piece that you can trust your child. I know you mentioned like children coming in the world, um, like tabula rasa, like blank slate, but children are actually whole human beings the minute that they're born. And and it's sort of our gift to walk alongside them as they move through life and move through this world to be into con- in connection with them is such a gift and to get to be their guide and sort of their ambassador to this world and to themselves and to others is such a gift as well but we don't write the code for who they are i think so we can trust in children a lot more 
than we might think we can at first. Yeah. Well, and that is really kind of the difference I feel like with gentle parenting and how we were parented in the past is that we didn't, we weren't brought up with this trust. I mean, even to this day, I still feel like I can't trust myself just because of what was projected on me as a child. And I fear that for my kids, you know, that they're not, that they're not getting that trust for themselves either. And um, so much. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't, I totally didn't want to come out that they, they're just like mindless, you know, blank slates or whatever, but they don't have like the, the, the educational experiences. (laughs) Like they, they didn't go to public school, so they don't know. You know, they yes. don't know kind of the baggage yes. there. So they, they don't have all the baggage. Yeah, we, they don't yes. have the baggage totally that we secret. do. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, but definitely, I love the idea that maybe each one of our kids come with a a goal for this life. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they come with their own dreams and desires and mission maybe of what they're supposed to do. And sometimes if we tell them what they're supposed to do, we are taking that gift away from the world. Does that make sense? Like I heard I had a doula friend describe that once as given spirit. Like we're all born with this certain percentage of ourselves that is given spirit. And there's no amount of tinkering on the part of any adult that can overwrite, you know, or, or eclipse that given spirit piece that we all have. And so the role of other people in our lives can be to fill us with trust and, and to empower us and to gift us with tools and skills and knowledge. But that given piece is, is untouchable. And so when I am feeling scared of leaning into trust, I really try to look to my kids and, and acknowledge that given spirit that each of them has, which is their own unique strengths and gifts that they have to offer themselves and the people who get to be in their lives in this world at large. And I just, I have to trust in that. And every time I lean into trust, every time it's always been the right step and it's always led to better growth and to more joy and to more peace and to more success. Yeah. And when we don't allow ourselves to question that like those assumptions kind of like what you were talking before mm-hmm. we um lose that innovation for them you know what i mean yes. like because they might be coming with an idea that could help them or this world to a greater degree and if we don't trust that we we could take away that you know innovation absolutely. basically absolutely so. absolutely well and i'd love to hear i mean i feel like we've kind of talked about it all the way along but really pinpoint what you think your paradigm change is and how that's happened over time and with experience yeah it, it would definitely be, <laughs> be the best because i was not really raised in the same way that I am raising my children. And I went to school in the traditional public schools all the way through. And that's not the paradigm of (laughs) traditional public schools. And so when my kids are born, I was just there was a time where I was really worried that I don't know, for example, that my kids would have gaps, like when I first shifted into homeschooling. And so a lot of the decisions I was making um, and energy that I was putting out was focused around this fear of them having gaps. But now I fully trust that they can learn everything that they have a need to learn. Um, So where I was once worried that like I might not be enough, I now trust that I am enough and you are enough and your children are enough exactly as they are today. They are enough and they have the things that they need to be successful in life. And you just keep walking alongside them and keep offering them, you know, extending those invitations and offering support whenever they reach out for it. Oh, I love that. And like, oh, I was thinking of something and it went really well with what you're saying. And it just totally left. I got so enthralled. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and tell us um, maybe 
more about your books. Like give us three key points of what we could find in each one. Is that, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Sage Parenting is like a gentle parenting handbook of sorts that offers, offers chapters on various topics from sex after baby to crying to big feelings to consequences. So it, it can be used. It's a really big book and it can kind of be used even almost like a reference book. Like you can flip around to whatever you're struggling with today and then read up on that chapter. Um, Sage Sleep is an attachment parenting based book to help families approach sleep in a way that honors needs and connection while fostering independence. So it talks about co-sleeping and family beds and night nursing and all that jazz and how to extend that for the long haul to create like healthy sleep for your kids and for your family. And Sage Breastfeeding is a read for breastfeeding mamas that covers topics like full-term breastfeeding and nursing in public and a lot of those things that you just don't get a lot of information and inspiration on in other places. And then, of course, Sage Homeschooling, which is all about creating a lifestyle of natural learning with your children. I think that's one of the biggest differences that that I'm getting like in the feedback for the Sage Homeschooling book is that it's less about something that you do to your children and it's really more about living a life of learning with your children. Before we go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the paradigm of education. We appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com backslash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content, giving away gifts, and giving patrons first seen products on patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. mind with Rachel Rainbolt, a sage parenting coach. And they have to see, I mean, you have to kind of be a mentor and a model for that of, of learning too. I, I think we've discussed that a ton on, on our podcast that, that I think that was kind of an old paradigm of parents that could go and do, you know, pleasurable things, but then they always sent their kids off to do school. Does that make sense? Like, Yes. And we didn't learn how to enjoy, like we felt like if it was something that we enjoy doing, that, that it must be, you know, that's not like real learning. You know, type yeah. Of thing. As moms, so. a lot of us in our baggage have that martyr concept too. And I think that that plays into that conversation. I think, you know, one review for the homeschooling book was, wow, this is so much more than a homeschooling book. It's a how to live the life of your dreams book. And I love that because like we said, like this is really something that you do with your kids. And that's the best, one of the best things you can do for them is to live your best life and be your best self. And those two things are compatible. I think in our society, we have this misconception that in order to be your best self and live your best life, it has to be completely disconnected from your children. And I 100% disagree with that. Are you learning? Are you following your passions? Are you creating? Are you healthy? Are you kind and generous? Are you driven? Are you happy? 
Like there are loads of specifics in the book about where and how to focus your efforts in terms of things like setting up the environment and rhythm and materials and all that jazz. But the heart of it is really about designing a lifestyle in which you all thrive, because if you are not thriving, your your family is not thriving. Yeah, exactly. That's what could make it a tedious process. I mean, that is a long time to have to be forcing your child or, you know, putting something into them. I mean, if we had that mentality and that can get exhausting, like we talked about before, but if we, and then like you, like we were talking about before, if, if you're doing everything for your children, then there's no, you're taking up all the space and there's no room for them to grow into that space. Like if you want them to be driven and self-directed and passionate and capable you can't then be the one doing everything and filling in all of that space and deciding what they're going to learn and how they're going to learn it and why they're going to learn it and what it's going to look like. Then they'll never be able to grow into doing all those things for themselves. It's it's like this gift for everyone involved when you are all in connection and being supportive and loving and encouraging and pursuing your passion with meaningful work. That's awesome. Well, and is that another reason? I mean, have you been writing from the time that and and working with people from the time your children were little or was this something, I mean, because of doing, you know, what you're doing now with your homeschooling? Is it something you've just kind of picked up? I mean, you know, how how did it have a play in that, I guess? Yeah, I sort of gave birth to my work along with my children. (laughs) (laughs) So as like I said, my first child was born when I started graduate schools. So the first um, three years of my firstborn's life, a lot of my uh, like mental energy was, you know, like I was reading textbooks while I was nursing and I'd be writing papers on my laptop and while he was crawling all around my lap and, and things like that. And then my second, I gave birth to the same month that I graduated from graduate school. And I wrote my first three books with like basically with a napping infant on my chest (laughs) (laughs) and while baby wearing, you know, writing all these things. And I would go on, I would give like guest lectures in college classrooms with a baby wrapped around my chest. And I did lots of media appearances and I'd have my little toddlers all with me. They'd be involved in all of the things that I did. And then now that I have the homeschooling book and I have three kids and they're getting a little bit older, they're really involved and in connection with me while I'm working on this stuff. So while I might be working on my podcast, my oldest might be um, working on like a video production project that they're really passionate about. And we're sort of side by side and both working on it together and sharing ideas and things like that. So it really, yeah, it really is like a collaboration and we encourage each other and we support each other. You know, are there any things that you need? Is there any um, anything you could use some help with and you want to shoot some ideas around. And, and then I do the same. Like I'll ask them questions. Does this intro music sound jazzy and fun? <laughs> <You know? laughs> they, they are involved and they give opinions and we just, it's this, it's this collaboration in all of us living our best lives. Oh, that's great. That, I wish I could think of my comment before because it, it kind of had to deal with that is that, you know, as parents, we just think what well, we are all I don't know. We, we are a little prideful in the fact that we think we know everything, but there's so much we can learn from our little ones right there with us. So, yes, I think that part of that baggage too, is that you learn from K through 12 and then learning is done. Yeah. You know, then, then it's like working and then it's raising children and, and that, 
if you have that mindset, like then your children will have that mindset. And so if you shift your mindset to one of like, I am going to always strive to be better tomorrow than I was, you know, yesterday, and I'm always going to be growing and learning. And I'm going to be intentional about what directions into which I want to pour my energy and grow. And what can I learn from the experiences that I'm having today? I mean, if you are are always in that mindset, and your children are in connection with you, like they are going to be in that mindset as well. It's contagious. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear like the feedback you've received, you know, with your counseling and your book, and even some of your TV appearances. How are you helping others to be more successful? I think that it's interesting. It's kind of like what we were just talking about with our children. I think one of the 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 biggest ways that I have an influence on people is just by living my best life <laughs> in a public way for other people to see. I think that a lot of conversations are started and messages are sort of dispersed by just by just being your authentic self. And if you and your family are happy and and really working in that direction and other people notice and can see that and you can kind of be a light for other people to see. And then um, my books, of course, just give a lot more details <laughs> for people to to read and to see even more behind the curtain, how everything works and the details of that. And then the coaching the coaching is just fills me with so much like fulfillment and it's so it's such enjoyable passion work for me because we all get stuck. Like sometimes, you know, I'll stumble and everybody has those moments where they come up against something and they feel like, okay, I know where I want to go. I'm just not quite sure how to get from this step to the next one. And so being able to help families all over the world with that is just such a tremendous gift. I, it really is fulfilling work for me. I just, I just love it. And when I graduated from grad school all those years ago, and all my peers were going into like agency work or private practice work as a therapist, it just felt like my mission was a little bit different, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Like I knew that I wanted to support families in in the same way. Like I was passionate about my work and what I had been studying, but I didn't want there to be the forced separation from my kids. And I didn't want like a lot of the limitations that can come along with that industry. And so I didn't really see any other uh, anyone else walking this kind of path, but I just I was just weird committed. if they're family therapists, like not <laughs> to have your family with you. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it does seem so weird. I love that. Like when I'm supporting a family, we could go for a walk in the woods and our kids can be running around playing and I can be supporting them through something that they're struggling with. Like I, I feel like that it's much more of an authentic connection and and it's something that, you know, I've worked really hard for a really long time to get all of the knowledge to be able to help families in this way. And I just I just love it. Yeah, that's one thing that I think we're seeing a huge paradigm shift of, around is that people are a lot more authentic. I remember like growing up there. I mean, you had to appear to have this perfection about you, but oh, yes. people are a lot more open about like where they're struggling and how, you know, if they've tried this and that and they're being a lot more open. And I think that that's so much more helpful because when, then when somebody is struggling, they feel like they have, they can reach out to somebody. Does that make sense? Or Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I and I know that in the industry I came from, from the, the a therapy and psychology background, there has historically been this very massive power differential and this very thick wall <laughs> between like helper and helpy. And I love that in my work, like I can just blow that all up and just be real with my clients. And I just see how much that helps them, you know, having some like a real feeling like a real human being is there holding your hand while you try and walk through this journey. Yeah. Well, and I feel like a lot of therapists, they don't feel like that person can help them. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess that's what you get out of being authentic is that when you put out your struggles, you're the person that you're supposed to be helping sometimes turns around and reciprocates that back. Does that make more uh, like sense to you? Mm -hmm. Like, And then there is more of a collaborative type work versus, you know, me just telling you what to do and you're supposed to just follow this perfectly type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, a big trust piece. I think in living openly the way that I do when people come to me for help, they really feel like they know me already, <laughs> That's great. which, which I don't mind at all. And as long as my kids don't, you know, I, I always get their consent, you know, before I show stories about them and they have access to read all the things that I write about them and whatnot before I publish. And so is you know, I think people, like you said, they have, it has this trust piece, like they, they kind of feel like they know me. And so we can just get right to the work of like helping them and they're ready for it. And it allows us to get so much really big work done in a short time. That's great. Well, I'd love to hear like more about your website and how that, how you can use that to serve other people. And, and maybe, I mean, by that, I mean, what people could find there that could kind of help lead them into a better I don't know, a better mindset, I guess, of parenting, yeah. those types of things. Sageparenting.com. That's really the hub of all of my support. It's where all the magic happens. <laughs> um, at sageparenting.com, you can opt in for free goodies. You can roll in a month of email coaching um, to get you on track or over a hump. Um, you can sign up for a class like the Minimalist Wardrobe for Earth Mamas or the Bucket System, which is my most popular class. Get a copy of like Sage Homeschooling or any of my other books. I have a blog with lots of free goodies and you can follow me on social media there. And then on Instagram is where I really share all of our adventures along the way. And I'm just Sage Parenting on Instagram. That's great. Well, and I'd love to know is the picture that you have on there of, of your family and stuff. There's a house up on the hill. Is that the house that you're working on? <laughs> I wish. No, that is, <laughs> that is actually the ranger station. Um, <laughs> That's a nice ranger in station. The <laughs> Olympic National Forest. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would have been amazing if that was, uh, if we lived in the Olympic National Forest. But no, unfortunately, we do not. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'd love to hear maybe what personal habits you feel are helpful in your life to being successful at natural parenting and, you know, enjoying your family a little bit more. Yeah, I think being intentional and unbusy with our time is a big one. One of the places I like to begin when I work with families is to have them write out their values and write out their priorities. And then we create like a daily and monthly rhythm based on those. I think as parents, we can so often fall into this more, more, more busy day-to-day -day life. And when we do that, we really lose ourselves to like chauffeuring and menial tasks. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, it's so much better when it's not. So I think a really big habit that we integrate into our lives is to be so intentional and unbusy 
with our time. So like at the beginning of each season, we sit down, I sit down with each child one-on-one and we go over what they want to learn and what they want to experience that season and what are their intentions and what ways do they want to grow and what do they want to create and contribute. And then we kind of build out our life based on those each season. Yeah. Well, and that's really important to kind of always revisit it with your children because, I mean, they're changing and you're changing and, you know, those types of things. I think that is a huge problem in our society is that the more busy we are, we feel like, well, somehow we're important. And if we don't, we don't have that busyness around us, sometimes it it creates this diminished feeling of uh, we're not, you know, doing enough in the world. And I think that that teaches our kids a really unhealthy self-care type of, you know, mentality. Mm -hmm. Like there's just not enough of that taught of like how to how to make sure that mental clarity is there for yourself. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I think that busyness and productivity are often equated with success and value. And those two things are not related. And in fact, people who are busy are not more efficient at producing meaningful work, if that makes sense. Like the research is pretty clear on that. So jam packing your kids' lives and heads full of every opportunity and piece of information that they could ever possibly maybe have a need for in their life is not a path to them becoming their best selves. And it's not a path for you guys. And I think that checking in, like you said, regularly, like we do it at the beginning of each season, um, is helpful because sometimes you might really throw yourself into something and then learn all you want to learn from it or feel like you're, you're done with it or it's not a great fit for you or all those things. And that's awesome. Like you, there's so much learning value in that too, trying something and then deciding you've gotten all you wanted to get out of it or it's not a great fit for you. So I think that that like going back and revisiting it on a regular and routine basis is so valuable. Yeah. And kind of always doing that questioning kind of like we talked yes. about at the beginning. So that's great. What do you feel like maybe some long-term goals are that you have for yourself and how's that, you know, working into a legacy? Does that, does that make sense? That kind of goes back to that whole yeah. idea of what are we, each of us have a mission or something that we're here to yes. do. Yes. Well, my long-term goals are to launch my podcast very soon. Hopefully I'm like <laughs> almost there. And in the future, I want to add some children's books to the library of books that I have written. And I'd love to fold in some Skype therapy to what I offer with my coaching. And then I also have the intention of more travel. Um, I look forward to growing into that more and more in the future. I want to spend like a month in several countries and travel around our own country in an RV. And so I'm just really looking forward to flying even more free and extending our reach a little more in that regard. And my legacy, I know it it kind of sounds cheesy, but love, like love is my legacy. That's the legacy that I want to leave behind. That's the foundation of all of all of my relationships and the work that I do. And I have this watercolor tattoo on my forearm to reinforce it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just it might sound idealistic, but every single word I speak and action or take runs through a filter of am I stepping into love? You know, am I stepping into connection? Am I stepping into the light with this or away from it? Because nothing is neutral. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to understand that no word that you speak and no action that you take is neutral. You're either walking toward the person that you want to be and creating the life that you want to create and creating the world that you want to create, or you're stepping away from it. And so I hope that I can lead with love and and that my children will carry that forward after I'm gone and that others that I am in connection with through my work um, are touched by that light too. 
Wow. Well, and I think that's how you're going to rem- be remembered by people or or the legacy that you do leave is um, they're not going to remember how busy you were or all that. kind. Of, and maybe and being busy can sometimes zap that love away from us. You know what I mean? It yeah. Can, it can make it so that we don't we seem uncaring about people. You know, we don't have time to listen to their problems. We don't have time to help them through things. We don't have time to just mm-hmm. be there, you know, to just be there yeah. <laughs> with them yeah. as they're wor- walking through something. And so what a better legacy can you leave than to be a person who always strive to have that love, you know, regardless of how many bo- books you wrote or, you know, the people that you talk to or those types of things. But yeah. I want to be an unhurried presence, unhurried presence with myself and unhurried presence with my kids and unhurried presence with all of the people who I choose to share my time and connection with. That's awesome. Well, before we say goodbye, do you have any parting words for our listeners? And then give us your contact information, how maybe somebody can get some extra, you know, counseling or parenting uh, help with your coaching in that regard as well. Yeah, just be brave. I want your listeners to be brave. Be bold enough to step off that well-worn mainstream path and get free because over here, kids are frolicking in the woods and mamas and papas are laughing and sharing coffee around the fire. And this life is here for anyone who wants it. You just have to be brave and then I can help you with the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Sageparenting.com. You can come on over and get to know me and get connected and we'll get you living your best life already. That's awesome. Well, again, we've been chatting with Rachel Rainbolt. She's an author and also a coach at Sage Parenting. Uh, you can find her at sageparenting.com. I'm excited to connect with her on Instagram. I don't I don't know why I haven't done that, but I'm going to look her up on Instagram at Sage Parenting. However, we're going to be sure to link all that information that we've discussed today on our website as well. But thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on and joining us and helping to light our minds on fire on this really important topic of gentle parenting and unschooling and those wonderful topics. <laughs> thank you so much for such a great conversation. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Rachel Rainbolt, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com backslash theluminousmind to get exclusive content. Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. Share our content. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education 